This is Max, and welcome to the Ronis Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Parker Moore. Parker, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Max, thanks for having me on today. Uh, my name is Parker Moore. I'm from York, South Carolina, um, just south of Charlotte, North Carolina here. I always had Charlotte in my backyard growing up, and um, now um, I just graduated from University of South Carolina back in 2016, and that's when I launched my business, Tux on Trucks. Uh, it's a mobile tuxedo rental service. I'm excited to be on to talk about that with you today. Yeah, you told me a lot about Tuxon Trucks when we first met, and it's definitely something that's really grown as an industry, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the tuxedo industry has, has been around for a while, but it's constantly being uh, revamped, and everyone's got their own take on how the tuxedo industry should work, but we've got our own, and currently there's really no one doing what we're doing. Yeah, what really what really got you started, because that that seems like such a such a niche thing, you know, to have tuxedo like rentals basically right yeah well i'm uh, actually from a small town uh clover south carolina it's got one stoplight and about there's probably more cows than people to be quite honest <laughs> and um and so it was there actually in junior year of high school i was getting ready for prom and we went to prom junior year and i realized it's so inconvenient to get ready for prom i had to drive all the way to the nearest town which was rock hill uh closer to charlotte really and uh, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, I had to make three trips to a local men's warehouse uh, for fitting, pickup, and drop-off. So in total, it was about two and a half to three hours of my time and paid way too much for a tux that I didn't even wear for two and a half, three hours. Senior year, I realized everyone was getting ready for prom, and I realized there's got to be a better way. And um, Why doesn't a tux company come out to our school and operate like a class ring fitting company will do, or your graduation gear for that matter? All takes place at the school. Prom is a school event, just like school photos are, so uh, it would only make sense for someone to be coming to the high school. Uh, so that's kind of where it all kicked off. Yeah, you just started in high school, and then it just grew from there? Well, no. Like all high school students, I was very lazy, and I realized that um, I was too busy and other things in high school. So I had the idea, um, had the name, had a little rough logo. I was a very uh, business nerd. That would be my dog, Winston, in case you hear him, folks. Uh, he's outside. Um, but, um, so I had, you know, uh, pretty lazy in high school, didn't do much with the idea. It wasn't until college when I was in a business class where we had to create our own business. And, um, my professor, I just recycled this business idea and my professor, um, came up to us afterwards and was like, wait, this is, this is really good. My professor actually was, at one point in his career, was one of the largest franchise owners in Dairy Queen back in his uh, big heyday. And he really thinks that Tuxon Trucks could be one of the next greatest franchises and um, really didn't want to see this die as just a class project, but encouraged me to continue with it and actually take, take it to some pitch competitions uh, locally there in Columbia. So... I had no intention of actually doing this as a company um, at all, uh, but I owe it all to him and his encouragement and other professors at USC uh, kind of mentored us along the way, but we actually went and pitched at a Google entrepreneurship competition um, in Columbia and ended up winning um, second place uh, in that competition and um, caught a lot of attention. I think, to my understanding, we're the only company idea uh, at the time that's still here today. Um, from that year's uh, pitch competition. So um, from there, we caught a lot of local news. Um, we had a lady come to us, wants to kind of help us do this in a local high school. And that was our first uh, first season. Uh, that was my senior year of college, but I did nothing with it all the way up from high school until the last year of college. Uh, I wouldn't have, honestly, 
if it wasn't for the encouragement from that professor. I mean, yeah, that's definitely something that's, it seems like no one else out there has even thought of it. And props on your professor. I hope he's listening to this for, for doing that, because that's, I feel like that's something for a lot of entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, especially who, when they have an idea, they never really take off with it, especially a brilliant idea like this, because honestly, this, this could be really, could be the next big thing. Tuxedos, a lot of people don't think about it, but suits by extension also are just so important in day-to-day life now. You know, I feel like what you're doing here could could be applied to to really everything. You know, it's not not just like high schools and and like formals for for uh, college or university or anything like that, but towards, of course, weddings and even just business. You know. Yeah, the I think over time we see a lot of small town mom uh, mom and pop kind of men's formal wear shops there used to be a lot and they have started to disappear um you walk into some of these stores today and you know they have maybe one or two racks of suits uh and then they've got yeti coolers and rainbow flip-flops and southern tide and they call that men's wear and that is they know that is men's wear but um the need for a, a tuxedo and a suit to own one at least has dramatically shrunk and um but that doesn't mean that the you know that doesn't mean you're you're not ever in a situation where you need a, a, a suit but perhaps maybe owning a suit's not the best financial thing for people so renting a tux um and renting a suit even um can really be the best next option for some people and we see that sometimes especially at the college crowd where they're going to an interview and they might not have a suit with them at college because you know they don't really need one on their day-to-day life in college but a company like ours makes it very easy and very affordable to just rent a tux or suit and have them looking their best. Yeah, for sure. I mean, coming from VCU, which is definitely a strong business school, you see a lot of guys that, you know, they, they own suits just, just to own one. Um, and, and obviously, they just have the lack of knowledge of, of like how to wear a suit. And do you think with your business, you'd be able to actually not only provide suit rentals, but also maybe even teach especially young people growing up that this, this is how you wear a suit and this is why you, you need a suit and maybe even branch off into, instead of just renting out suits, uh, of course, that'd be a primary thing, but also maybe even selling suits. That's a great question. It's amazing how many people we have rent from us and they have no idea how to, you know, wear, wear like tuxedo pants should fit. You know, this should be way higher than your average jeans and it's amazing. People don't even know how to put on a bow tie. Not a real bow tie. These are clip-on bow ties. They don't even know how to adjust the strap. Uh, this is no different than the strap on your book bag. Like, this is very basic stuff, and people don't know how to do that, much less tie a legit bow tie or a tie. Um, so if people are struggling with the clip-ons, we realize you know we need to actually have some material um, once people run from us, kind of educating them like, hey, this is how you... Um, should look in these situations. Here's what business casual by definition means. Um, I can't tell you how many things I was invited to in college where it was like the address code is blank. And, you know, you have to look that up. And I have no idea what that formal means, what business attire means, business formal, all these different uh, things that the world would, because the last thing you want to do is overdress, but the certainly last thing you want to do is underdress. And I see that happen a lot at the college level. So there are some things that um, there's some content already out there that we have tried to actually share in like a confirmation email when people order from us. Like, hey, here's some tips on how to tie your tie. And that's pretty helpful. And I think that guys need that. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, one of just on a tangent here, one of my personal favorite guys to listen to and and, and watch is actually this guy named uh, Antonio Centeno. He runs this YouTube page. It's called uh, Real Men Real Style. And back to what you were saying, where you said that some people it's it's bad to overdress. And he said it's actually good to overdress because if you're wearing a suit correctly, you can you can tone it down. Whereas if you know you walk into a place and you're just wearing a button down shirt and some jeans, you uh, can't you yeah can't you can't pull that up. You can't pull it yeah. up. You know you can't bring it up. But if you're wearing a suit, you can take off the top. You can take off the tie. You can undo undo some buttons. You know you can tone it down. Very true. Yeah, I, and there's a lot of accessories that go along with the suit and, and tuxedo, and we try to offer those. And you asked me earlier about selling. You know, currently our supply chain doesn't really allow us to sell, but it is something that um, we've dabbled with. The, the rental business is just too good to us right now to really turn away from it or to pivot in any direction except just offering rentals. So right now we're sticking with rentals, and it's proving to be pretty successful in both the high school and college market. Weddings is a whole different story. Weddings is very different, very different crowd. you got to please everyone. The bride, the bride's mom, you know, everybody cares about how the guys look. Uh, ironically, the guys pretty much don't care. <laughs> so it's everyone except the actual person wearing the tux that actually cares. But in the college market, very simple. High school is very simple, and rentals is the best way to kind of attract them. Yeah, now with, with this business, of course, it's going to be something great. What do you think you're going to do after it takes off? You're going to keep just pushing at the same envelope, or are you going to actually branch out towards you know, let's say men's grooming or, or men's uh, other men's style, like more casual lines, anything like that? Or is, is this something you really want to stick with? It's just more the higher end, more classic stuff. You know, I get this question a lot. I think that there's a stereotype out there that entrepreneurs, which I don't even feel like I should be called one, but um, in some ways, I guess I am. Um, there's this, There's a stereotype that people, the entrepreneurs are they're going to start something, flip it, sell it, you know, whatever, and then start their next project. And it could be something totally different. Um, I don't know. I've never really had that kind of drive to start something else. I've always seen Tucks on Trucks to be the thing. Um, and it's such a huge industry controlled by really just one player, Men's Warehouse. They've bought Joseph A. Bank recently. So they're just eating up all the other players. Um, they're all just as big as the first one. So I think that... For me, I'd like to see Tucks on Trucks at least start other companies that are very similar because there's nothing too proprietary to this. But if we could change the way the industry thinks about renting a tuxedo, that's a win for me. I don't really see the next... And there's all the you know, avenues we can go, men's grooming and other products. But you know, there's other companies who are kind of already tackling those spaces. So I'd like to see my mark on the industry be left at, you know, well, what do you mean you used to go to a store to rent a tux? I want kids saying that in the future. Like, well, how else would you rent a tux? You just scan your body online and it takes your measurements and then you and then you order. That's how simple it should be. So with this business and obviously with it being, again, that higher end and, you know, you're doing tuxes, suits, do you yourself actually have a passion for that personally? Like, do you dress that way or do you like to dress that way as much as possible? I get that question a lot too with this company. I no. Um <laughs> I mean I have a few suits here in the closet, but um you know, I only have one tux, believe it or not. Um access to millions but only own one of them. 
my business partner, Jonathan, who I haven't mentioned yet, but he, he's just as much responsible for our success as I would be. And, um, he, Jonathan certainly, I mean, he's wearing, I guarantee you he's at work right to, right now today wearing flip-flops and shorts and, uh, hasn't combed his hair in a week. Um, so, uh, very, you know, just, uh, I guess the short answer is no, I guess my passion really isn't in the tuxedo industry. My passion is finding something that's broken, which in the process that was broken, which is this industry and using business thought and, um, tactics, um, to just change it, to, to just uh, change the way. And I get the most, I, like I'll never forget our first customer. That the customer's joy in how easy our product is and how fun and simple it is to actually use it and that go through that process, um, that's what wakes me up in the morning. I think that's the same for JP as well, that you know we don't have the passion for dressing up nicely. I don't think we've got, you know, I'm in jeans most of the day. So, um I think that's what's interesting to people is they expect us to have this deep passion for fashion. Not really the case. Right. And so the reason I ask is because there's this really common thing or common saying where it's dress for success, you know, dress for the job you want. And of course, a lot of people stereotypically think that wearing suits actually means that you're someone that's, you know, very financially savvy, very business savvy and entrepreneur. Uh, But when you really look at the new modern CEOs and modern entrepreneurs, you know, Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Steve Jobs, all those guys wore the most casual things you could see. Um, and they actually, you know, they have powerful businesses. But here's the thing. None of them are actually in this industry. Now, with that, do you believe that dressing for success actually plays a role in it? Do you, do you feel like every day you're walking around wearing your jeans or whatever? Because I, I like to wear jeans all the time. But I, I love suits. You know, I love the whole look of that classic feel. And if necessary, I have the knowledge for it. Just because I have the knowledge doesn't mean I have the exact passion for it because I honestly, I hate wearing suits. It's uncomfortable. But what I feel is, you know, I have to wear a suit to actually stand out. Do you feel the same? or? Yeah, I think it depends on the situation. I mean, many times I'll be asked to speak at some event um, or, you know, even before you arrived, I was working on a pitch for... Um, um, some financial pitches that I'll be doing later this summer. So certainly for those, I'll be in a suit, if not a tux, to be quite honest, because tux on trucks, yeah, you, you better be in a tux uh, for some of these pitches. But if I'm talking to a group of college students about what it means to be an entrepreneur in their day-to-day life, I'm going to come in looking like them. I don't want to be all stuffy. Uh, but if it's a panel of financial investors and they're really diving through my, you know, they've got my financial sheets in front of them on their desk, and they've got their, you know, LaCroix on their account. Like, it's 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 very formal. So, I'm, you know, I'm looking, uh, I want to look formal in the part. Um, I, I found it interesting uh, the other day. I was listening and watching, actually, uh, David Tepper, just a segue story. David Tepper, new owner of the Panthers. This guy's a, you know, multi-billionaire. He paid, if you don't, aren't aware, he paid for $2.2 billion in cash for the Carolina Panthers. And just, just think about that for a second. But he comes up to his official first press conference as the owner of the Panthers. And this guy's wearing khaki pants. And he's got a button-down, long-sleeve shirt. Um, and, and some people said he had too many buttons unbuttoned. So very kind of a casual look. Um, but that was the main talking point. After That was the main chatter on the Panthers radio network. It was the main chatter on uh, Sports Illustrated. It was talking about how like casual and like carefree he looked to be a multi-billionaire first-time NFL owner, 
and people, I guess, were expecting him to be in a in a suit, uh, if not a tux, to be quite honest. Um, and that caught everyone's attention, and that was the biggest chatter. They didn't really talk about anything else he said during that first press conference, but his his attire. So the attire and how you present yourself can either greatly impact uh, positively or negatively. In his case, it was almost negatively because people were like, gosh, he's he's too laid back. He's too casual. Because the Panther organization, if you follow it at all, comes from Jerry Richardson, who I don't think he's ever been photographed in uh, anything else except a suit. Um, very much buttoned up. Very much. Um, and that's that kind of was his mentality there as well. Now, what happened to the Panthers and the Richardson organization, uh, maybe maybe that's a little bit ironic. But fascinating to see what style and what suits and tuxedos can bring to the conversation, especially as everyone's expectation of what you should be wearing at certain events. So so with David Tepper, you know, he's obviously dressing for himself, you right. know, clearly. Yeah. And he's, he's dressing with confidence. Um, of course yeah. he's dressing with confidence. And he's walking in there you know, shorts and, and flip-flops, that's just unheard of in the business realm. Mm-hmm. But then you have the other end of the spectrum, the previous owner or the previous uh, the founder who actually wore suits every day. And of course, he was very confident in his own apparel. Do you feel like confidence is a, is a big part in that? You know, when, when you go to your events or whatever, just doing the suit rentals, and let's say someone approaches you and says, why would I ever rent suits from you if you don't know your own style sense? Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, if if I'm, I feel less nervous, kind of behind a suit jacket. I don't really care what kind of jacket it is, but if I'm wearing a, and this is even true for just some sort of casual jacket you might wear, but for whatever reason, I'm a big jacket fan. And so if I'm presenting something and I'm in a suit, even if it's jeans and a suit coat, like a, a sport jacket, blazer, um, I feel more confident. And if it's a bigger, more formal situation, you better believe it's in a suit. But the jacket is the piece of the suit that helps me f- feel most most confident. I don't really care about the shirt underneath it or the pants to go with it. Um, but I think for someone, and some people do, some people need to have the head-to-toe kind of feel to make them feel like they're um, set up for success and really like on their A-game. But for me, it's the jacket. So I, I always tell that to people, like, you know, there's something out that you you wore you wore today because you, something about it makes you feel comfortable for whatever situation you're in, and you know going in if this is a situation that you want to be in or look forward to being in, or maybe it's an uncomfortable situation for you, and you'll just kind of watch people and you'll see what they wear. Sometimes can tell you a lot about what they think about the situation that they're in. Yeah, let's actually use that as a segue into another topic, really kind of related: men's style. You know, you. Of course, we we talked about how people don't even really know the difference between suits and tuxes. Now we branch off into the fact that people don't even know how to wear a t-shirt. And that's, of course, a big issue. Um, of course, we walk around every day. We see these guys. They've got, like, the uh, sandals with the Velcro and socks on. And they got a really kind of unfitting t-shirt tucked in. And, of course, they're rocking it. You know, some some people look good in that. I would not look good in that. I'm pretty sure Parker wouldn't. Aside from that, you know, especially young adults, when young men, when they first coming up, their style sense is a little weird. They're trying to be trendy. And of course, trends, they come and go. But the one thing that never really leaves is more classic formal wear, you know, suits, uh, dress, dress coats, uh, dress shirts, I mean, uh, blazers, sports coats, things like that. That'll never leave. Do you think that's going to be something that stays forever? Or are we more now going into better fitting kind of 
athleisure wear. You know, you see people wearing, you know, yoga pants and, and leggings or meggings, things like that. Do you think that's going to be the new trend, the new style? Yeah, I mean, if you you know, I love to study like the twenties, the thirties. You know, everybody's wearing a a suit, a tie. I mean, you see the old photos of Manhattan people walking around town, and they're always wearing a suit and even a top hat in some cases. So, I think styles will always change. I think we are going to more of the casual look. But that timeless classic tuxedo is always, always, always going to be here. Um, I mean, I don't know if people care to even know this, but the actual tuxedo itself was kind of invented, if you will, in Tuxedo Park in New York in 1886. And it really was uh, this, this group of kind of elder statesmen, if you will, in this community called Tuxedo Park. Um, would would always arrive at these kind of gatherings. It's kind of a, almost a party, if you will, a social event in the community, and they would have a suit jacket that was just longer, had tails on it. Um, you know, but outside of that, it was nothing different from the average suit. But it made everyone look at them, and it made them stand out, and everyone thought, "Wow, what is that?" So they started kind of casually calling it tuxedo, tuxedo really referring to the the place, Tuxedo Park, New York. And uh, that's kind of how it came to be. The tuxedo jacket really is how it started. And then today's tuxedo kind of carries into some finer trim pieces like your satin uh, down the side of the pants and satin lapels. And that's what kind of separates it from a traditional suit. But I think that it's interesting that the tuxedo was really founded in in a couple guys wanting to stand out. And, you know, that's, that's still here today. And people still want to stand out. So... You know, even when we talked about like in the twenties, people were all wearing suits around town. Still, still, people wanted to stand out, and tuxedos was one of the ways that they do that today, and they do that then. So now let's go back to uh, tux on trucks for a little bit, because my question is: with the new kind of athleisure style coming about, especially for men, we're we're starting to lose as a society the sense of suits. We're we're losing the uh, good style sense. We're losing the knowledge behind how to wear a suit, and with tux on trucks. It's definitely something that's it's holding that up, especially for the young people, you know, high schoolers, college students. They need to know how to wear a suit, even though they don't need to own one. They just need to know about it because it's something that's necessary for the future, at least in my opinion. Now, with this business, it's more of just a local thing for right now, correct? Mm-hmm. How do you think you're going to be able to grow it? How how do you want to grow it? So the good, the good news here for us is that formal wear and almost every culture uh, is is in the shape of some sort of tux uh, or suit. And we're able to really do a lot here in the United States with some exciting partnerships we're in discussion with. Um, it's, it's all about supply chain and logistics. So uh, getting our name out there for one, but in the high school crowd, for example, it's all about winning over the parents. Uh, the parents are the buyers and the kids are your customer. In a sense, they're the user. Um, so we really have to leverage ourselves as like, this is more convenient for you, mom and dad. This is a cheaper alternative in many cases, uh, for a higher quality tuxedo. In most cases, um, we have two national supplier accounts right now who have all kinds of access to, um, about eight distribution centers across the country. So if I've got a kid who wants a tux in Atlanta, Georgia or Seattle, Washington, I can get him that tux in a very timely manner. Um, I've been able to negotiate those. Uh, those accounts with those suppliers but we have to do we have to do bigger we have to do better and we have to grow faster and 
really the only way to do that is to um, to just get in front of them. I, you know, tucks on trucks. There's no second guessing what that company does. If I just told you three words, you could pretty much guess what we do. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there where you heard their name and you really wouldn't know what they do, especially a smaller startup. Now, you know, Amazon, you're going to know what that is simply because that's who they are. But if you just heard the name Amazon before they were a thing, you would have no idea that's an online retailer, right? And that's very hard to get to that point, just the same way as Apple, same way as Samsung, these names that really don't, it, it takes a, a ton of time and a ton of money to really get the brand recognition. So a name like Tux on Trucks, I think, has the potential to help us kind of accelerate that growth. Um, so it's just a matter of getting in front of our demographic, which in high school cases would be parents. Parents is actually your demographic to a target that high schools. Colleges will fall into place. Colleges is too easy. So our main focus is really trying to build out that high school brand recognition uh, in high schools across the country because the supply chain and the logistics is actually already here for us today. Yeah, speaking of high school, you know, that of course that's an area that you definitely need to work on this with because the kids, they, they won't know what it is, of course, but the parents will. The parents, they they grew up in that era and, and they know what suits are, at least. They know the general idea. And of course, the name Tux on Trucks, very catchy. You know exactly what it is, just like you're saying. And everyone, everyone is going to recognize that. Everyone's going to say, you know, they're walking around like, oh, I need a tuxedo. Well, just call it Tux on Trucks. They're not going to say, oh, what is that? They're gonna know it's a it's a tux on a truck. It's that <laughs> straightforward. Simple. Right. Now, from that, of course, it's a great name, and you know, you said earlier that you're not really an entrepreneur, but this is a hustling business. This is something you need to hustle with, especially um, if you're working a full time job and doing this. You know, your business partner doing the same. It's it's definitely very tough, and it's definitely difficult to do, but. With this business, do you feel like there are people out there that, that may be able to, to help you out with that? People out there that when they see it, they're going to see the potential not only in the business, but in you as a person, as a businessman? That's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, the, the good news here for us, for, for JP and I, is the tuck season is a real thing. It's, it's heavily seasonal. Uh, this could be good and bad in, in the world of business, but for us, we, we like to think it's good because it allows us the off-season plenty of time to plan out for the upcoming season and uh, we're learning slowly that we actually don't need as many staff as we once thought so people can go with technology they can get on our website and actually input some basic sizes that the guys would know their height their weight their shoe size and from this we can use an algorithm that gets within 90 99 percent of their accuracy as much as a tailor would do um, so with this information, we're able to really get them that nice, uh, great fitting tux without really ever having to see them in person. So that kind of changes the game for us a little bit. Um, and our, our initial business model was we got to have all the staff. And we, we are finding people wanting to buy in. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. And I, I, I call it the Shark Tank effect. I think that everyone has seen Shark Tank like, oh, my gosh, I could do that. And they want to either start their own company or be involved in a startup company. And I, I have... People all the time messaging me on LinkedIn and everything else, you know, trying to um, do something with us or for us. Um, you know, I'm a college student at such and such college. I'd love to be a brand ambassador, and that is awesome. Um, so the and we and most times we say, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's find a way to bring this kid in, get him involved. It takes passion. It takes that entrepreneurial spirit. I think everyone has it. 
Uh, entrepreneurship, I think, is something you can teach, uh, which is kind of controversial in the business world. Some people don't think you can teach it. Uh, I think it is something you can teach, but you're better at it if you've got the natural drive to get things done. Um, so you're right. I've got a full-time job. I will come home. I will eat dinner. And most of the times I'm eating dinner and working on tucks on trucks. And I look up and it's midnight. And then I will try to go to sleep uh, and then get up early the next morning and do it all again. And same thing for my business partner, uh, JP, uh, Jonathan. Um, he's, he's doing the same thing down there in Florida. So and that's the beauty, too, behind Tux on Trucks. I don't have to be in exact location. Um, we don't have to be together, me and my business partner. We don't have to have face-to-face meetings all the time. And I don't really need a legit office. A lot of this is planning and having our area managers, as we call them, run the on-the-ground operations by our direction. I mean, that's definitely a fantastic business model. You know, we're, we're living in a modern era, global era, where we don't need to see each other every day, like you said. We, if we want to run a business or if we want to be entrepreneurs, we don't have to see each other all the time. And I think that's something a lot of people who just start out or want to get into it, you know, they have that Shark Tank effect where I have to see this, I have to do this, I have to meet with this person, I have to do all that. But with your business, people come to you, as you said. Again, like I said, it's, it's a fantastic name for a great business that has plenty of potential and it'll never die out. Now, from that, you know, this is this is your scrub daddy. You know, the scrub, scrub daddy, daddy, for those of you that don't know, is it's literally a sponge in the shape of a circle this with face. a face on it. And it makes millions, millions. Everyone wants their own scrub daddy. Now, with Tux on Trucks, do you think this is your scrub daddy? I, I guess. I mean, I... I... I don't know. It's all pretty humbling. I, you know, I've had I've had people tell me like here here's a, here's a crazy stat. We're doing pretty well. We've got you know money in the bank. This is not a in debt company. I have not put any money into this personally. At this stage we're at right now, if you take any other startup at this kind of stage, you know three and a half, really technically four years in, the founders have put in some money of their own. We haven't really needed to now. Haven't taken any money out of the business. It's all going back into it, but. That's kind of rare, and I've had people come up to me and say, you know, this is the new McDonald's. I've had that, um, the Ray Kroc kind of story. If you've, if you've never seen the movie, the, or the docu-series, I guess, docu, documentary movie, on, um, it's called The Founder. It's on Netflix now. But I love that story because here's a guy, um, there was nothing wrong with the hamburger stores in the 1950s whenever this thing really took off, but this guy, Ray Kroc, comes in and finds a better way to do exactly what's been done for uh, a long time. And so I've literally had both professors and uh, people in the business world kind of compare this to the next McDonald's, which is just the new golden standard for that industry, the fast food industry. Um, So I love for Tucks on Trucks to be the new thing for the men's formal wear industry, especially, you know, considering Tucks rentals specifically. Um, if we can have that effect on the industry, then yeah, I, I, I think that that is, um, I guess that is my scrub daddy moment, uh, if you will. From that, of course, you know, you, you're, it's going to be a huge stepping stone for you. You're going to meet a lot of high up people. You're going to meet a lot of people with a lot of connections and you're going to build those own connections on your own for yourself. Do you think you can build something after this? Do you think from what you've learned and what you will learn and from what you've gained or will gain? 
you can create something else. You can create something more. I so sometimes people will say, you know, what what's what's next after Tux on Trucks? And this sounds like I'm branching off to a different topic, but I'm not. I promise. The 2016 election. Okay, that's, that I know that's a whole different world, but it was fascinating to me. Like here, you have these people, a lot of people, running for president. All of these people uh, are very very famous. And let's just take our own president, for, uh, for example. Every, just think about this. Everyone on the planet knows who he is. Everyone. Not everyone in this state knows who our own governor is. But everyone in the world knows who Donald Trump is and Hillary Clinton, Steve Jobs. I mean, you don't have to stick with politics, but you can go with anyone. And so, you know, what do these people have in common? What does... What does any of our former presidents have in common? How, how do they get all these people to know who they are? And sometimes it's from business. Sometimes it's Billy Graham. Billy Graham, you know, um, he was just known for his fate. I mean, this guy didn't go inventing some product. He was known globally for faith and his Christianity. That's, that's amazing. The whole world can know who he is simply because of, of that. Um, it's, it's remarkable. So I think that but, you know, money can buy you influence in this life, uh, in in this world, and um, tucks on trucks. Should it be a huge success, which I of course want it to be, um, not not necessarily for me, but for the industry and for everyone who who is uh, needing a tux now and in a hundred years from now. I think money would buy you influence, and that influence could lead me into other avenues. So whether that's politics or whether that's charitable donations or you know, whatever, I think that my exit strategy from Tucks on Trucks is to get to a level where I can essentially have influence to make an impact in some other area. If you're offered, you know, by some, some powerful person, like let's say Jeff, Jeff Bezos comes up to you and says, Parker, I love what you've done with Tucks on Trucks. I want you on my team. I want you to run this. I want you to run that. What would you say to that? Would you, would you offer your yourself or would you offer your your team would you offer jp well i would look at their team and see who who's on their team as as cool as jeff bezos bezos whoever as cool as he might be um who's with him and what team what kind of role is he offering is it a situation where they expect me to come in and run something because i don't you know I, I want a team around me so do i have the ability to create my own team if there's not one already in place so i think i'm very team focused I don't know all the answers. Uh, humbled the fact that someone would bring me into their team. This happens, you know, not exactly Jeff Bezos calling me just yet, but Jeff, if you're out there, eight oh three six two. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, I, but I have a lot of startups, a lot of you know, smaller college students wanting to you know start their own company. They they want me on their team. They want me to advise them in some way. That's very humbling. I'm very honored to do that. But I'm actually more interested in who else is with me on that team. So I always tell people, like, if they want me to join their advisory board, who else is on your advisory board? Because here's the honest truth. I might learn from them. And um, that's actually what I'm looking forward to in those kind of situations is, well, I would do this if I see an opportunity for me to learn and apply that to um, to Tux and Trucks. And that's what I do, by the way, in my, in my full-time job. Um, I will kind of be looking for ways that our company operates – uh, whether that's good things or bad things, and apply that to Tucks on Trucks uh, with those kind of ideas. Let's uh, let's get some last words from Parker. You know, you had any shout outs, any uh, shameless plugs that you want to put in before we end this episode? Well, uh, of course, I mean, if you um, 
haven't checked us out, of course, a shameless plug here would, would fit the uh, fit the episode would be uh, visit tuxontrucks.com. That's t- I don't think we've spelled it for anyone yet today, but that's T R U X, the trucks, um, not the normal spelling, so that will trip you up. But you'll find us. Um, you know, we're it's an exciting journey. You can actually um, find me all over the Charlotte area and all across actually the Carolinas and even Georgia this coming uh, month. Um, I've got some pitches coming up across um, different entrepreneurial communities called One Million Cups. It's a great kind of business organization that meets every Wednesday all across America. Um, so I'll be pitching at some of those, about six of them actually, um, over the next six weeks, every week. So um, that's what's coming up for me, and we've got some exciting things in the works. But um, yeah, I appreciate you Let me talk about it here today. And thank you, Parker, for joining us today. Guys, I'm trying out a new format here. Tell me what you think. And as always, thank you for listening. Have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry, and good luck.